Once you find your voice as an artist, there are two things you have to do immediately. Number one, give that voice a name. And number two, use that voice as often as you can. And coincidentally enough, as soon as my guest today on the program found her voice, that's exactly what she did. I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. You've been perfect while I'm learning to trust again. You let the cracks in my heart slowly break. You never tried to change the memories. You never once ran from my pain. of my guest today on the program, Kelly Monroe. Let me tell you a little bit about Kelly Monroe. Now, before I tell you about Kelly Monroe, I've got to talk to you about another Kelly. Is that too many Kellys? Well, my policy in life has always been, you can never have enough Kellys. So, Kelly Dowdle is the first Kelly I want to talk to you about, and then Kelly Monroe is the second It's not that confusing because they're the same person. Born in Oklahoma and raised in Austin, Texas, Kelly Dowdle is an actress who has appeared on Billions, Lucifer, and American Crime Story. Growing up, she always knew she loved music, but it wasn't until recently that she discovered she also loved making it. Okay, so this is the part where finding your own voice comes in. Kelly found her voice, and her voice kept finding her. So much so that she named her musical identity Kelly Monroe. Now, Monroe dresses like a dreamy blend of Janis Joplin and Stevie Nicks, and her music is a cross between 70s cosmic Americana and Southern soul. Her new EP, Pronoia, is just the start, because as an artist, Kelly Monroe is really picking up speed and realizing the world is hers to conquer. It's kind of like waking up with a superpower and going out into the world to test it. The testing is done. Monroe is the real deal. And watching her spread her creative wings is going to be one of 2022's great joys. This is a really cool conversation because we cover what it means to find one's voice and what to do with it when you do. But we also hit some really interesting territory that I've never hit before in these chats. I don't want to spoil anything, but it has to do with maintaining your personal identity in a relationship and how, if you're not careful... You can sacrifice your artistic self without even knowing you're doing it. Kelly's awesome, and I can't wait for you to meet her. So here she is, Kelly Monroe and I, having a conversation right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast.
about your your current creative process. So it seems to me like there's a lot going on with you. Like what, what what's happening? Where, where are you with everything? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. Um, you know, I, I established myself in TV and film. And so that's kind of coming back to life. But throughout COVID, um, I kind of just started creating my own opportunities. I got kind of stuck, you know, feeling probably the the lull of every um, everybody in the creative process, you know, just everything came to a halt. So, yeah, I did a lot of um, a lot of thinking, a lot of praying, a lot of kind of. I think if anyone was going to take a sharp right turn and divert and do something else in life, I think it was probably that idea came up during COVID. You know, it was kind of a what I call a come to Jesus for a lot of people. You know, like what am I really doing in this? feels really bad it doesn't feel good and um so i was like you know i mean tv and film is so far-fetched and broadway is so far-fetched and what am i doing and you know you start to get in your head about things and um i've always kind of sang my brother's an incredible singer um and grew up playing the guitar and i guess all those years i was ear training because through covid i just started kind of picking up the the guitar and i ordered a little keyboard and i just started expressing myself through my voice and um, I didn't realize it, but I think one of my greatest gifts is songwriting. So I have kind of turned into a little lyricist over um, the course of, you know, this year and a half, and it's been pretty incredible. So that's that. I mean, I kind of, again, started singing during the pandemic. And, you know, it's interesting when these things happen because it life just kind of takes its course. And then whenever it's easy, like nothing in life is easy, but when it feels easy and things just kind of start to happen, that's my indicator that I'm on the right track. Mm. And during COVID, it just, it kind of started happening and then it felt really good. And then things, doors started opening and things started happening. And I got invited to go record in Nashville and, and, and do a co-write. And it kind of came out of left field. I was in a music video like uh, 14 years ago for a band, you know, the group Lone Star? Yeah, of course. Yeah. They yeah, like amazed and all those songs and I was in one of their music videos a long time ago and uh literally during COVID I wished Dean who started that band happy birthday and you know he goes I don't know if you remember this but we were on set that day and you must have been I don't even know how old I think I was you know 18 or something like that and he said you know if you ever want to come to Nashville and sing you know you should grow a pair and come and I was like oh it's funny you say that because I just started doing all this during COVID and uh, the minute the bar lifted in the pandemic, I flew to Nashville and did a co-write with him. And uh, we wrote five songs together and recorded them all. And I'm actually putting those out on an EP in December. So, so it came together very quickly. It came together very quickly and almost frighteningly so to where I'm like, all right, well, I guess this is happening now. We're going to just go with this. And I've always kind of known, though, um, you know, it's for me, it's just it's the the triangle of life, I call it. It's like in, in, the, in the art world for me, it's like I've always known TV and film, music and then somehow writing or, or performing or writing my own show or producing is all going to kind of come together. And so I've just kind of known it's going to go from this to this to this and then it's all going to connect. So this is just kind of um, I don't know. It feels like the natural process of what's to come. And I'm really excited about it. So was there a moment, though, where you went, I don't think in other words, the the confidence to go there and write with him. Was there ever a moment where you went, 
oh, I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm nervous to do that. Or did you just immediately trust the invitation and just take the opportunity and just go and see what happens? Oh, I mean, I'm still nervous every time I go to write. I'm still, I mean, I'll always be terrified. I think, it, and I haven't even performed yet, but I can't wait to do that. But I know the minute I get out on the stage, I'm probably going to want to throw up. <laughs> you know, it's like, right. It's just, it's overwhelming, but that's exactly how I know I'm supposed to be doing this because if it's not scaring me and pushing me and frightening me, like I'm playing too small. So yeah, to answer your question, I got there and I think I was so frustrated though through the pandemic. Like, again, I think this, everyone can relate to this, I think, because which is part of the song I'm alive, why I wrote it. Um, you just get fed up, you know, it's like enough already. Like, I want this done. I want this to be gone, you know, or we're pressed against the wall thinking about where our life is going to go or what's going to happen or, you know, loved ones are sick or things are happening and bills aren't getting paid and, you know, you can't get a stimulus check or whatever it is. Right. And you finally hit that point where you're like, screw it. Like I'm going to, I'm going, like I'm going for it no matter what that looks like. And I think I just got pushed to the edge because it was like, I couldn't, I had no outlet. I had no creative outlet like I normally do. And so once I started doing this, it just, by the time I got to Dean's, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I would rather make mistakes in this room than be anywhere else. And that was kind of the, that was kind of the beginning for me. I was like, I'd rather fail miserably at this. But the thing that I learned is you can't ever fail if you, as long as you don't quit, you know, mm -hmm. like my whole thing is like, as long as I don't quit this, it's just, it's inevitable. It's part of my process. I don't know. I can't really put it into words, but the only way that I will feel like I failed myself is if I just stop. And, um, and I've just started. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it really is an extension is it's an artistic outlet. It's using a different muscle that you would use for acting, but it's yeah. still creative expression. And that's the most important thing. Totally. And what I'm learning is I think you can really have a huge impact with music you know, because think about it, it's, it's the greatest source or vessel of messaging in the most benign way, mm. you know, like people listen to things and it's like, it's palatable. It's, you know, you can satiate someone's soul with your words and really create movement more than politics, more than, I mean, really more than any other sector in the world. And so it's really empowering. It's like, wait a second, like I have a voice. We all have voices, right? And the fact that I'm choosing to use this voice, it's like, it's not for nothing. Like, I feel like I was put here to say things. And so I'm just kind of getting started and it's really fun. And I've already had, I mean, it's been overwhelming. Like, I can't tell you how many nights I've just been like wiping tears off my face because I get these messages. I mean, I've almost got 250,000 streams on Mama Said and it's my first song ever. And it's like, I'm not on a label. I don't have a PR, I don't have, I mean, I have I've like, I'm doing all this on my own, you know? And I've, of course I've got Shauna, who's a friend of mine that's doing, you know, she's kind of helping me, you know, with people like you or getting, you know, kind of getting, getting little messages out and words out, but it's crazy. I mean, being an independent artist is like, wow. But I've been getting messages from people that are like, you know, Hey, I, you know, I was really in a low place and I heard on the live yesterday and it just kind of like made me want to go another day. And wow, I lost my mom and she used to always say this to me and this is just really special to me, this song, I've got it on repeat. It's like, it's overwhelming. So, you know, for me with music, if I can just touch one heart or like make an impression on one person, like I've done my job, I'm happy, you know? So, and it's also like an indicator to not stop. Like now I'm 
it's just feeding my soul in such a way that I'm, you know, I just want to keep going. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, making music is a lot different than acting in the sense that you have a little more control. Yes. Right. Yes. It's so liberating and it's so freeing because I mean, with that though, comes with the control comes vulnerability. Right. So it's like, right. you've got all this new control, but then at the same time, I'm like, wait, I'm not a character. Like, this is me. This is, this is my voice, my soul, my heart, like my words that people are going to hold me to. Like, this is, is kind of a big deal, but with that comes, you know, there's always a risk. Right. And like the benefit just outweighs the risks. Like, I get to fully be myself in this process. And, um, and that's what makes it so fun. Complete control. I mean, complete control. In fact, I had a, uh, I've got a good friend and they're connected to Sony music. And, you know, I was like, Hey, I, maybe I can get a meeting. I can figure it out. And, you know, I, I, I got connected to this person and I won't say names, but, um, you know, he was like, wow, like, I'm really impressed with your music. You know, why don't you put like a, a three or four more out? And, you know, and then he started telling me like what he heard my sound being. And I was like, you know, I really appreciate your perspective, but like, that's not really my vibe, <laughs> you know, like, oh. I don't really want to do that. You know, like, I don't, that doesn't really resonate with me, even though I don't really see myself being in one genre per se, but it was interesting. It kind of like, I can see how people kind of start to groom you in the way that they want you to hear and what's really cool about this process when it all started for me right it's like you know I have I have enough time under my belt uh like you know my 20s are done I'm now in my 30s and it's like I know myself and that's what gets really fun because I'm like that's not me like so I'm gonna do this music thing like my way you know what feels good to me and I'm just gonna put music out that resonates with me and so that that also gets very very fun and very empowering because you don't have to really listen to anybody. You know, this day and age, you don't have to, you don't have to be on a label to be successful, you know? No, you don't. And, and it also makes me think that had you been a woman of 19 uh-huh. and that person said that to you, you might have, right. You might've said, okay, I'll do, I'll do that. Cause what else, right. You're, you're more malleable and you're, you're, it's harder to say no when you're younger. And so part of being a woman in her thirties What's empowering about that is you could say, no, I don't think that's that's really who I am. But do you think you would have maybe at 19 been more easily led? I can absolutely tell you I would have. Because I mean, yeah. you know, your your worthiness uh, is not there. Your self-worth is not there. You're insecure. You're, you know, and I would have done anything to to try to be what I've always wanted to be, which is to have a voice and be have a platform to create change, right? So you know, you think you're getting there the way that you're supposed to be getting there, but it usually takes you off a really negative path, you know, that that's not, that you don't want to be on. And this is what, you know, like, I love the notion, like trust the timing of your life because I really believe that. And it's like, I look at all the little stepping stones of my life and it's just amazing how perfect it's all been when I look back on it. And so now I'm just like, okay, this is happening now, but it doesn't really surprise me because I've always kind of known, even though I didn't know it's weird, but it's really cool. And I, I just trust the timing of my life right now. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And no matter where it leads me, I, the funnest part is I'm open to any, any of it, you know, any and all of it. Yeah. And right. This whole new, this whole new horizon is opening up for you. And it also makes me think that as you gain strength as a musical artist, Mm -hmm. that it also could 
inform your acting as well. Um, so it could feed in and and give you make you feel even more confident in that arena as well. Absolutely. I, I know this, I know this, like I know this in my bones that it's like, it's all gonna merge. I don't know how or, or what that's gonna look like yet, but I think it's gonna make me really rich in spirit in that sector and in this sector. And, you know, I've even thought about doing like a one woman show in New York. It's like, why not? You know, it's like, I, I once you start to really believe in both sides of the, the spectrum, it's like, whoa, this is getting really fun now. Cause, um, you know, there's a lot of possibility. And, and again, in today's, you know, with TikTok and YouTube and Instagram and Twitter, it's like, you can, you can fully produce and have your own production, you know, company and put things out and actually do really well with it. And, you know, then of course there's even this like monetization and all these other things, which again, I don't worry too much about because I try to stay in the creative lane, but it's a new, it's a new time. And I think that's what I really want to stick to and maybe even help people with is understanding that like it is just about doing it you know just doing it and not worrying about the end result because it's all about the process anyway but it's like one thing is going to lead to another thing and that thing is going to lead to another thing and but by doing it and like by not quitting is all that matters you know and it sounds so cliche but it's the thing that really separates the greats from the from the not greats it's just those that didn't quit and I'm starting to see that now because I'm like, I'm not, you know, I, I just watched the Dolly Parton documentary on the airplane. I, ironically, I'm wearing her shirt today, but, you know, I love, I love her because she was just so fierce, but, you know, she, she laughs after she starts talking about when she wrote, I will always love you and Jolene, which by the way, she wrote in the same week, which I think is just so epic. But, you know, she said, it's not rocket science, you know, it's like, it's, you know, the melody is just one, it's a one cadence melody. It doesn't really change bars. And she repeats the same thing over and over again. She's like, you know, it's not rocket science. She said, but you know, I am a great songwriter, but I, I just haven't quit. And I've been doing this for 70 years, you know? So it's like, I just think that's, it's part of the madness, you know, of being a creative is just um, the thrill of not quitting and being so frustrated, but just to keep going is like, it's exhilarating. It's really fun. <laughs> well, yeah, and and I wonder for you as a musician, and as a as a sort of as a singer songwriter, were there moments in your past where you can look back and go, oh, like when I was seventeen, I did this, and that does kind of seem like it was a precedent for where I ended up. Was there a little foreshadowing in your life that you didn't even know was happening? Yeah. So I mean, again, my brother's an incredible musician, and I used to sit and just listen to him play for hours, right? And you know, I'd I'd, I'd kind of hum or chime in but it was always his you know his thing but you know what I realized is I just I was ear training right like I was listening to him all those years and just in complete awe and of course you know my dad we grew up listening to really cool music like you know dad would listen to like Tears for Fears and Leonard Skinner in the car and like you know all these really cool uh you know Bono and like just every everybody that was really great and so I think all that time I was just like a sponge, even though I wasn't per partaking um, in, in the performance of it or just the vocal kind of allowance to express myself, I was always listening. And I think that that's big. I also remember in high school, I did uh, theater. And I remember there was one musical that they did, it was Guys and Dolls. And I was never into musical theater at all, but they needed somebody and it was kind of a last minute thing. And so I jumped in on that. 
and I didn't really love it, but I do remember thinking like, okay, this is just part of it. Like, this is just part of it. I don't even know what it is, but this is just like, I'm doing this. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's weird in the back of my mind. I've always kind of known. Um, and I've been exposed to a lot of, uh, like I did this, this like stand up um, kind of girls comedy club thing in junior high. And we like won all these awards and, and I just remember feeling so at home, you know, like being up there performing and doing all this. And again, no rhyme or reason. It just felt really good, you know? So I think I've always kind of chased it and seen it, but I'm just now really starting to step into that space of like really showing up, you know? Which yeah, and staying in the creative lane is a really safe space because it's so, it's fun, it's exciting, it's exhilarating. Um, the other side of that is the fiscal space, which is like the rent has to be paid, the bills have to be paid, there has to be enough money for groceries on the table. Was there, during the pandemic, was there a worry um, where the film and television industry started to look really weird, music started to look really weird, where um, bands who made their money touring couldn't tour, um, mm -hmm. you, you know, comedians, actors, and then behind the scenes, people who work behind the scenes, you know, um, all the tech people, all the people who, who do the work on the sets, um, very scary time. Was there a moment where you were feeling rather panicked? And it was hard to focus on the creative side? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I basically have, I have like three or four different things I do. Like I have a consulting firm. I help put people into treatment for addiction and mood disorders. I fit model in New York. I, I do a little bit of everything. I'm always just throwing darts, but yes. But with that, with the panic came the frustration, but underneath all of that came the feeling, right? So it's like, it really, it's like, that's, that's, that's the, the overhead feeling is like panic, frustration. What am I going to do? Whatever. But then for anybody that is creative and artistic, it slips you into your feelings. And then it's like, okay, where am I really at? You know, like the grief and the mourning and the loss and the, and the, and the fear and the, um, what's going to happen to me. This is all I have. What if I lose that? Well, what does that mean? And then it's like, you start to unpack it. But then from that comes great music, comes a great story, you know? So without the tragedy, we don't have the stories, you know? And it's part of, had I not um, had the time to slow down, had I not had the time to lose everything that I thought I was, you know, had I not had the time to be afraid and be alone, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't have a significant other during COVID, still don't, but, you know, I didn't even have a dog. I was like in my apartment by myself. And like for any single woman, single man out there, it's like, that's a whole different level of, of lonely, you know? And, but I'm so grateful for it because it made me really slow down and go, okay, like where are these lyrics coming from? They're coming from like the deepest part of me. And like, you know, of course we know all this childhood stuff comes up and all these things that we grew up on. And, but if we don't, you know, if we, if we don't slow down and feel those things as artists, like we're, it's beautiful. It's, it's all part of the story. It's all part of the process, you know? So I'm just so grateful I discovered it. And I think a lot of people did. I've talked to more and more um, people in the creative space and they're now, you know, working on a potter's wheel or they're writing scripts or I have a girlfriend who wrote a children's book during, you know, COVID. And it's like, so incredibly grateful, but that's also like what we do. That's just what we do, you know? <laughs> so yeah, you just,
always kind of figure it out. Well, also in the industry, there's also highs and lows where it's sort of like, you have an audition, you didn't get the part. You have an audition, you did get the part. You have an audition, now you don't have the audition. They filled the part. I mean, it's sort of like there's the emotional roller coaster of acting um, has probably made you pretty battle tough for the highs and lows that come with life just in general. Totally. You, you also realize that the, it's all very anticlimactic in the sense of like, it is a part about the process. It's like, it's all about the process because I, I can't tell you, I've dreamed of like being on set with X, Y, and Z or something happening. And then it's like, you get there and you're like, oh, well, <laughs> it was the audition and the journey and the dreaming about it, you know, and the, the visualization of it, like that was the funnest part. Like, this is cool. But like, now I want to go back and do that over again. I right. want to do something else. And so, you know, you kind of realize it's like, it's not even about the end result. It's like getting in the, like writing the song, getting in the studio, getting like, my palms are so sweaty. I'm like scared to death, but then you get the song out and then, it, and then, and then you release it and it's like, oh, cool. Like, or you see your film and theater, you know, and it's like, oh, all right, cool. I just want to go back and work now. It's like, it's the, it's all about the, the process for me, which is so funny. Cause I always thought it'd be like, one day I'm going to, you know, see that and it's going to be my moment. And it's like, no, actually it's the auditioning and the filming and the right. creating writing. Like that's all that really matters to me. You know? Right. So. Well, as of- somebody who, who is so diverse in what you do, how do you, now that you have this new passion, how do you decide like how much to feed it and how not, and how not to undernourish the other stuff? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I, this is like kind of my new motto is like, I'm taking it in just baby steps. You know, it's like microcosmic steps. Like I always feel my way through things and I live in a world of and and not or now. And it's just like, I can, I can, I can have both and I will do both. And you just take things one moment at a time, one breath at a time, one second at a time. But like, I've been just been chasing what feels good, you know? And it's like, doing what, what nourishes my heart and makes me feel alive and well. And so it's like, it's music. And now I'm going all in because it excites me. Um, it makes me nervous. It makes me scared. It's like, again, I know I'm growing in it and you know, when, and then again, it's like, everyone has this vision of how life is supposed to be. And it's like, well, you can't do this and do that. And it's like, well, here's how it works for me. I go in, I write the song, I record the music oh, an audition comes in. So then I focus on that and I, and I do my best at that. If it sticks, I take five weeks off of singing to go record, but then you're in your trailer waiting to record, you know, waiting to go on set for 10 hours. Well, what do you do? You write music and then you go in the studio and you're recorded. And it's like, I just had to get out of my own way that I can't do it all and that it's not all possible. You know, it's like, it is, it very much is. And you just take it one second it's just such a dance you know it's like I'm gonna go do this now and then I'm gonna fly here and go do this and I'm gonna go do this and oh I want to start a you know I've got a a patent on a bra that I'm working on and it's crazy I've had it for like five years but I'm gonna do that too and then and then you just go over here and so uh I think you know one of the things I especially young women I want to teach them that like there's there's precision and you got to be focused but, and you got to trust your gut and you got to trust your intuition on knowing when to navigate, but you can absolutely do it all. You can absolutely do it all. And 
um, yeah, I think just the courage to, to at least attempt is enough. So does something like pilot season mean the same thing that it used to? Is there still a pilot season? Does that still happen? Not really, not really. I mean, they still coin it as pilot season, but you know, um, I think there's like 720 new shows that came to New York alone. That's crazy. You know, so it's like, it's just ever flowing. I mean, with the streaming services now, the game has changed, you know, it's not, it's not what it used to be anymore. So um, I've just now kind of started auditioning again and things are picking back up, which is great. Um, I've got a film coming out first quarter of 2022 that's been in post-production for a year and a half. Wow. It's like, this is another thing. It's so funny. You know, we sit on things so much creatively, right? Like a year and a half later, a movie comes out and you're like, oh, oh yeah, I was in that. Cool. Great, great film. You know, but it's like, you're already so down the road. Um, I've got a, the, the chick I'm, uh, that's producing on myself. She's awesome. Her name is Sinclair. You should check her out on, on Spotify, but she's been sitting on songs for like two or three years, you know, and then you finally put them out and you're like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that. So um, I think with pilot season, it's cool because it's, it's at least with the streaming stuff, to my knowledge, it's like, you know, series regular and recurring roles are coming up every week. You know, it doesn't matter the time of the year. So um, I do know a lot of new shows are coming out and those are the pilots that hopefully get picked up. But yeah, it's really exciting. Um, I know I'm on the right track. Finally, yeah. it's good. Good. Well, yeah. in the old days, you got on a plane and you'd go to LA for pilot season. Now, do you just put yourself on tape or do you have to actually go? Yeah, you just put yourself on tape. And, um, you know, and if it's necessary, you fly out. You know, if there's like a producer session that's important or um, now they're doing pr producer sessions on Zoom like this. Mm -hmm. So I would literally, you know, run through the script with somebody. Um, yeah, it's an interesting time. It's a really interesting time because anything is possible now.
me well why are you going under the moniker kelly monroe and it's like well i just it's play it's my playtime it's playful you know it's it's me and you know i'm trying to to be as vulnerable and open as possible but it's also like trying to not take myself so effing seriously you know it's just like right let's have let's have fun with this you know i did want to separate myself from the tv and film world because i you know i did want to kind of make my own way in the music world um, and who knows, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? I change it back. It's all good. <laughs> right, right. But Kelly Monroe is a character. I mean, it really is sort of, it does sort of speak to, I mean, the thing is like Taylor Swift, Carrie Underwood, those are, it's their name, but it's still a persona that they have to sort of affect on the stage, right? Thousand um, percent. And maybe it's close in real life. Maybe Taylor Swift is like that in real life. We don't know. Um, but I think it's a, a smart thing to do because in the same way Bob Dylan is, that's not his real name. David Bowie wasn't his real name. They created a persona so they could sort of siphon all that creative energy into that direction. It almost feels like tidier in a way. It does. Yeah. It does. It's also, uh, it's exciting. It's intoxicating. It, it makes me want to, again, slipping into that character role, if you will. It's like this moniker is very, I don't know. She's a side of me that I haven't been able to express for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm allowing this side out, it's like, that's who wanted to come through. And that's who, that's who's stepping up, you know? So it's really fun. It's really fun. Yeah. yeah if you're, if you're like on set and you have to wait five hours, uh, you know, till you get called, Kelly Monroe can start writing songs, right? Exactly. It's almost, you slip into another character. Um, and it yeah. also is, it's a great way to protect yourself. I think also. Yep, it is. It is. Yeah. I highly suggest it. <laughs> right. Right. Now, you are one of those people who seems incapable of taking a bad picture. Um, but, you know, in terms of you're now in an art form where it's not about how you look, it's about how you sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you're very beautiful. And that's a superpower that, right, is a nice superpower to have. But when Thank you're you. recording music, it's not, it doesn't matter. 
And so how did that, do you feel that the sort of the, it sort of levels the playing field and in a weird way, it's almost like a more honest version of creativity because no one can actually see what you look like. They have to hear you. Yeah. It's so interesting. You say that because, um, you know, it's my whole life, uh, like my, my deepest inadequacy or my deepest sadness. It was always, I always just wanted to be heard and not seen, not, you know, I just always wanted to be heard. And so it's interesting because when I go into the studio, every time I get chills, because I'm like, this is me allowing myself just to be heard. And for me, my voice is, my voice has always been my best quality, I feel like. And there's a, you know, growing up doing commercial print and modeling and all these things, it's like, you're kind of not really seen for who you really are. Right. You know, this, well, she's just a tall blonde from Texas and this and that, but it's like, I've always really wanted that. And so I finally feel aligned with my highest self and like my true self in this process, because it's like, oh, there's her voice. Okay. That's my voice. Like I get to share that with the world now. So yeah, to answer your question, I, it's really important to me. I've always wanted people to hear my voice and, um, and so now they will. <laughs> and it's an amazing voice. And it also feels to me like it's a more honest version of evaluation because people will listen to it. They don't know what you look like, right? Let's just say they've never heard you before yeah. um, and they've never seen you before. And it's almost like the most purest form of a response to an art form. Yes. I love hearing you say that. That really resonates because it's, it's almost disarming, right? It's like, right. Yeah. It's like hearing someone's voice. You know, I always think of all the greats, you know, like Etta James and Perry, like all these, you know, you hear their voices and you can just close your eyes and create your own story. And I would love uh, that opportunity and people's minds, you know, to, for, for my voice to, to impact someone like that would be really wonderful. And like you're saying, you know, to not be able to see that person and have a, have an automatic uh, subjective opinion is really beautiful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think also, you know, had you been 19 doing this and you got steered in a certain way that was really going to be sort of like, okay, let's pair the music with the visual. That would have been the obvious temptation. And that's yeah. not happening now because you're in control of it and no one's going to manipulate you into doing something you don't want to do visually um, no. to correspond with the music. I mean, you think about someone like Britney Spears when she was so young and you could tell that, you know, in terms of her creative process or her creative input into what was happening, I'm not imagining there was a lot that she was contributing because she was so young. Yeah. Um, and now you have the opportunity to sort of steer the image as well. And now that you have that, have you thought about what Kelly Monroe looks like, acts like on stage? Have you thought about what that persona actually is in terms of the bigger picture? For sure, for sure. Um, I think she's like super honest and vulnerable, but she's got this like, you know, this very unusual, I have straight hair. She's got this big curly fro and she's, you know, in like a fur, a long faux fur fur leather coat to the ground with army boots on and she's she's a little punk she's a little country she's a little rock she's got lots of layers of jewelry on she's very um Janis Joplin meets Stevie Nicks meets like all the southern rock country like she's just gritty 
um you know she she's just raw and but she's honest and she doesn't really give a shit <laughs> about what anyone right. thinks and she's a performer i mean she is she's i can't wait to get out there because i just i do know how to move people you know just i've i've seen it in the film world i know that part of me and i think she's going to be very relatable you know but she's 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 also weird. She's got, yeah, who knows what she do? I don't know. She's we don't weird. know. She's just got her own thing going on and she marches to her own drum. And, you know, I think that alone will be something to observe. <laughs> but she's clearly a character who can, who you can speak through. Yes. Yeah. And when you're writing, do you feel, this is a weird question, but when you're writing, do you feel the jewelry, the hair, even though you don't have it on? Do you feel the persona almost sort of eases on to you metaphysically? Yes, thousand percent. I do feel it very much, very much. And again, like you said, it's like, it's me, it's my spirit, but there's something uh, almost rowdy, right? It's like, again, invigorating where you can step into that space and it's like, you almost get to, it's like when you put a hoodie on or you put a hat on, you're like, you know, it's almost like a shield or like a, uh, like a super power cape and it's, it's fun. You know, it's very, it's very exciting. And, um, a lot of the time I hear, I hear things, uh, that I wouldn't normally come up with. And it's like something unlocked when I named her, you know, when she came out to music, it's like something unlocked in me. That's like, oh, wow, this is now a whole new faucet just flowing, you know? And, and every day I'm like, I learn something new or I sing something new or I, I pull lyrics out of nowhere. And I'm like, whoa, this is like such a ride. It's such a ride. And you're aware that, that she really is a character. I mean, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's an aspect of you, but, but she's not really you. Right. 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 Which allows you the freedom to do whatever you want. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think you like that. I love it. I do love it. Right. right. And I think it's gonna, it's only gonna grow. I mean, she's going to grow even with her own confidence and her own persona. It's like once she gets started, I think we're just gonna go on this ride of like, I don't even know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be great though. <laughs> I like her because she's super tough, but she's also really vulnerable. She is. And that balance is is a tricky balance, and I think I think you're doing it, and it's really exciting that you have you've managed to main, sort of walk that line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like the sweet spot for me. You know, that's always been my um, just honest, purest place. Is that right in the middle road of those two things? That's my sweet spot. Yeah. Can you talk, because a lot of the listeners of the show are younger, younger artists, and I want to speak, you know, specifically to, to women right now in terms of, for a young woman who's getting into the creative arts, whether it's acting, music, whatever, um, what advice do you have for them not to be bullied by men, not to be manipulated, groomed? What are the red flags? What are the things, what's some advice that you can provide because I feel it's an important conversation to have. And I don't think it's had, it doesn't get had a lot. Yeah, no, thank you for even asking that um, and creating that platform to even have the conversation. 
you know, I think, I think it is difficult being younger um, because I think the number one key to really holding your ground and, and, you know, all of, all of this process is just authenticity, right? So like, I know who I am, I know what I want and I know what I need. And unfortunately, when you're younger, you don't always have that, right? So I think the best advice that I could give younger girls is just find, find something that you know to be true in your heart that's like yours, that, that is undeniable, that you know is, is firmly yours and build trust on that and learn how at least, because we're going to make mistakes and you're not always going to know and you're going to mess up and you don't know who you are yet. And that's just part of it. But I would just say like, find that internal, it's like for me growing up, it was always like, I know that I want to be heard and I know that there's something inside of me that wants to express myself to the world and be, and be understood that way. Right. And like, but it's my heart and it's my soul. And I want to touch people's hearts and I want to change the world in that. So it's like, find one thing in your heart that really feels authentic and pure and stick to your guns on that. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but it's like, if you can find one thing, you know, like, I don't know who I am yet, but this authentic piece of me is very true to my heart. And it's like, if you can stick your ground in that, like stick your stake in that and just know like, this is who I am and I'm not going to compromise on this one thing. then you can start to build trust on that. And um, I hope that makes sense. But for me, it was, it was that it was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an honest, good person and I want to change the world. And like, I have a big heart and like, that sounds so big and vague, but it's like, once you start to make micro moves off of that, it's like, that doesn't feel good to me. I don't want to do that. And also, you know, the power of no is incredible, right? It makes your yes more potent. It makes people respect you more. Um, secondly, I would just say like boundaries, right? Like, like as a woman to hold, to say no and mean it is really powerful. Um, again, it's like, when you say yes, people are like, whoa, like, you know, people respect you a lot more. And I don't know, I would say learning how to say no, um, stay on your ground, and then really just any authentic measure that you can take, like just to know that this is who you really are is, um, is super important. At what point in your career did no come easier to you? Oh, God, like two years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I... And you know, another thing is we always feel like we're missing out. We're going to miss the job. We're going to miss the opportunity. We're going to, you know, and it's like, no, if it doesn't feel good in my gut, I'm going to say no, because I trust my process. And I trust that if this door closes, this window is going to open or this is going to open up if I, so, you know, it's, 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 it takes a lot of courage to say no though, you know, and I, know. I really, I know. I, I, in 2019, uh, this is right before COVID hit, I passed on four projects in TV and film. Four. It was either didn't pay so great and it wasn't a great script, so I passed. Three roles, it was going to take me down the road of like one was like a, a dumb blonde, like kind of that, I, you know, stupid role that's like, and I was like, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that anymore. I only want to do things that really resonate me that, you know, that feel good. And I ended up passing on four projects and see, this is the thing that people don't talk about, you know, but 
you have to be very intentional and purposeful with your process and what roles you take and what roles you turn down and who you're working with and what your reputation is going to be. And, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you're going to get a lot of no's in, in the industry, but you know, they say the most powerful word in the, in the entertainment industry is no. Right. So, you know, so you gotta, you gotta, uh, I think once you find self-worth, you know, we, we know this and it takes years and you're going to make mistakes and you can't get there until you get there. But, you know, until you really validate yourself and you have self-worth, unfortunately, it's just going to be hard lesson after hard lesson. You know, there's really no way around it. And well, yeah, I mean, and were those no's, were those tough ones for you to, did you make the, did you say no? And then sort of, you know, walk away and go, oh boy, that could have been, or, or oh. did you feel really strong about the no? No, I mean, there were two of them. I was like, what have I done? This is the biggest mistake ever. Like, I'm not working. I need to be working. This is so frustrating. Like, I don't care if it's a shit show or it's a, I just want to work. And, but then again, there's like this voice inside of you and it's like, wait your turn. No, the answer is no. Like be disciplined in that. And, you know, what are you really trying to do? Are you, what are you really trying to create for yourself? And so I've always just had to listen to that. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. But you strike me as somebody who is patient. I'm patient. I think I'm patient because I've connected my process to my faith. Mm. And I don't mean in a biblical sense, like I'm dropping to my knees praying every day, but you know, there is a whisper, you know, there is a, you know, I talk, uh, I talk out loud a lot to the universe, you know, to God, to the stars, to the sky, to, to my future, to, you know, I have faith in that. I have faith that good things are coming. I have faith that uh, I'll be given the signs along the way, you know, and whatever that is, you know, you mentioned metaphysical, stepping into the metaphysical earlier. It's like, I believe in that metaphysical uh, realm around us. And I think we all have access to it. Call it the law of attraction, you know, call it, call it a God you want to pray to, um, you know, whatever it is. And I've got my own process in that, but that is very real. And I think it's the one thing that can carry us through and show us the way. And so I think when your when your self-worth meets that metaphysical kind of transformation of like stepping into that, I think is when things start to get really exciting, you know? And I, I agree with you. And I think it's part of it is just sort of letting the universe do what it's supposed to do and don't try to control it. No. Because you can't. That, that's the hardest part. I, I know. Mean, I know. You know, and I can't tell you how many times I've said, you know what, just if I'm supposed to be a school teacher in Milwaukee, like, just relieve me, like release my heart of this burden of being a creative because it's driving me crazy. Like, if you want me to be a school teacher, I'll go be a school teacher. If you want me to be a stay at home mom of seven, I'll do that. Like, whatever you want me to do, just like show me because this is, I definitely picked the hardest road. Yeah. And very aware of that but every time something magically happens when I think I'm about to quit and I think I'm done and I I'm just fed up it's like the universe unlocks something for me and it's like oh no come on back yeah come. this is your destiny this is your purpose you're supposed to be here you know and I think I've just learned to trust that now but it is definitely not for not for the meek of heart I mean this is the toughest industry and 
you got to really know yourself and you got to be, you know, I call it unfuckwithable. <laughs> you have to be. You, you have you, to be. You build that armor. Have you ever stepped away? Have you ever taken time off? Oh, yeah. You have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, let's see, five years ago. Well, I took like a seven year break. I don't know if you've ever looked at my. I have. At my, yeah, there's but, a huge gap, but 2006 and 2017 is a huge gap. Um, I I actually got married. I was I got yeah. married very long. We're still really good friends, but I moved up to Santa Barbara and I said, eh, I'm gonna shut this down. You know, I don't. This isn't my purpose. I'm gonna just get married and have kids and do the whole thing. And um, yeah, that did not <laughs> that did not that did not last. And again, we're still really good friends, but my. I wasn't listening again. I'm going back to that whisper. I wasn't listening to myself and I tried to shut something down that was such a part of my spirit. Um, and it created sadness and depression and anxiety for me. And I was lost. And I think it was 2016, that little drum, that little internal drum came back, that beat came back, that, that whisper came back and I started chasing it and I started following it. And it led me right back into the industry. So yeah, I think we try to take breaks. We try to push it away. We try to run away from it. But, you know, I really believe whatever's in your heart, you know, whatever's there was put there, whatever you were born to do, whatever you're born to be, if we just slow down and listen, it will always bring us back to where we need to be, you know? And once you become conscious of that, again, it gets really fun because you're like, I don't want to be doing this and I'm doing it and I'm scared and I have no idea what I'm doing. And that's when it gets fun, you know? Um, and you also just, you know, you learn in this industry, you just can't take yourself too seriously. You just mm -hmm. got to have fun with it. You know, what made you think that matrimony and cre the creative arts couldn't coexist? Oh, I mean, great question. I, part of it was the relationship that I signed up for. You know, he's a great dude, but there wasn't room. He didn't understand that part of me. And I think we were so young. It was kind of like, well, you can't go to LA and do that because I lived in Santa Barbara. Well, you can't, you can't, who's going to sing at, you know, 30 years old or 27 years old. It's like, well, it's very possible. Right. So I think, especially as a woman, it's like really important finding a partner that nourishes that part of you, you know, that really understands you as an artist and um, can put a, you know, a magnifying glass on your heart and, and enhance it and make you better. And that goes for men too. You know, I think it's really important to find a partner that, um, if you are a creative that understands that what it comes with, you know, it comes with, um, the nights you're going to be crying and you're unsatisfied and you're heartbroken and you're frustrated and, you know, you just want to give up and you want to quit. It's like, you know, that is a prerequisite of success in the creative field if you're not feeling like you have no idea what you're doing and you're struggling like you're probably not doing enough <laughs> you know right and having a partner that can understand that piece I think is really big and unfortunately I didn't have that in my partner so it led to the relationship failing but um you know and he you know teach their own everyone takes all kinds of kinds sure. so um but yeah, it's, it's important as a, as an artistic um, person to, to have that in somebody for sure. Yeah. And to not have an artistic outlet when you're really an artist 
seems like it would lead to a lot of unhappiness. It leads, I can tell you, it leads to depression, anxiety um, that you can't identify. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would, so I would go as far to say if you've ever been creative in your life and then shut it down at some point and now you find yourself depressed or anxiety ridden or scared or lonely, you probably, that's probably exactly what's going on. And the minute that you find something that you can have an outlet with, whether it's painting, sculpting, skating, writing, singing, create like anything that's bringing you to your creative self, I think that the veil automatically lifts. The fog automatically lifts. And it's, it's, it's unbelievably so fast so that you're like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be doing this now. Right. I mean, I, I can pull myself out. I can pull myself back into joy. Even when I'm writing a sad song or even when I'm in a sad state of being, I can pull myself back into joy and happiness so quickly by just getting back in the creative lane, no matter what it is. And the feeling that you get once you're done is it's like, I call it heaven. It's just like, it's, it's this sublime state of being where you're just like, I don't even care what happens with this. If it makes a penny, I feel the way I feel right now, I wish I could put in a bottle and give to everyone in the world. Cause it's the best feeling in the world. <laughs> I know what you mean. I mean, being, cause I'm a writer and I, I'm not going to say that, that writing is better than sex, but I'm also not going <laughs> to say that it's not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when you have creative satisfaction, um, there's something about it, which is, it almost feels um, heavenly. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. It's, that's why I said heaven. It's, it's like, it's, it's hard to explain, right? It's just yeah. the state of being where you're just completely satisfied. Your, your soul is so satisfied and it's the best feeling. And that's something I'm going to chase for the rest of my life because I know what it feels like now. Well, and because you're an artist, that's, that's, that's part of the, the agreement is to agree to that chase. Exactly. Right. Um, It's also to think that you were in a marriage where you didn't know why you were upset. You didn't know that there was no creative outlet and that was the problem. Um, But it's amazing. It's so fortunate that you figured it out, but I'm wondering was it harder to leave the industry or harder to come back? Um, much harder to come back because when you leave, you kind of feel this like false sense of like, well, I'm stepping away from this. This is my choice. Right. You know? And it's the same way stepping back into it is the way I feel in music. It's like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. But you know what? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I am completely the underdog. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm rusty. I'm all the things, all the stories we tell ourselves, right? And it's definitely scary. But, you know, then the wheels get greased and you start turning and things start happening. And you're like, okay, this is mine. This is mine to take. Like, this is, uh, this is part of my journey, you know, and you start to build your confidence back up, but way scarier to step back into it. I mean, it's like, it's like leaving anything coming back. It's like, do you still want me? Am I okay? Are we cool? Are we gonna, it's like, it's a whole relationship, you know, it's a whole relationship with writing, creating, singing, acting. It's all, 
a frequency of exchange of like, it's a dance. It's a dance. It's a dance. How long did it take before you could feel like, okay, we're cool. You do want me back. Um, it was pretty powerful, actually. Talk about the universe showing you signs. I went on my first audition. Um, <laughs> I found this manager, old Jewish guy, super cool. He's like, kid, you haven't done anything in eight years. Long story short, I followed him to a diner and I went to his office and he's like, hey, I'm going to lunch. I can't talk right now. And it was, um, it was on a Friday. I'll never forget it. And I followed him to the diner and I went in and I sat down in the booth with him. He goes, kid, you're out of your mind. What are you doing here? And I said, I want you to represent me. Just give me one month. Just give me one month. And he was like, kid. And they come bring the, you know, they bring the eggs and the bacon and the toast and devout juice, dude. And he's eating and he's eating. And he goes, you know, you're out of your mind. I'm not doing this, whatever. And I looked down at his plate and I said, with all due respect, you're the one eating bacon on Shabbat. And he looked up at me and he goes, what did you say? I said, you're eating bacon on Shabbat. So give me, you know, gi give me a chance, you know? And, and you also drove here and we, we started laughing and he said, I'll give you one month. So my first audition was actually for American Crime Story. So I drove down, I was still married and, you know, we were separated kind of doing our thing. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go down. And he was like, I can't believe you're trying to get back into this. Like who does this, blah, blah, blah. And I remember I went down to the Fox lot. I auditioned. It's unheard of, but I ended up being on that lot for about four and a half hours from the time that they had me there to the end. And about two hours later, I'm driving back up the coast and I got chills. I have chills right now because I'm just thinking about it. But driving back up the coast, I look out at the ocean and I'm like, if I'm supposed to be doing this, like give me a sign. And not even 30 minutes later, I get a call and it's the new manager, the one from the diner. And he said, you're crazy. You're out of your mind, kid. I can't believe this. He goes, you freaking booked it, you know? And I just remember pulling back into Santa Barbara thinking like, all right, like this is the next, this is the next phase. And I have to grieve and, you know, and let go and mourn this life that I thought I was supposed to have. And like, now I got to go get to work and go do this other thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And um, that's when it became very easy for me to let go and move on. Did it feel like just finding the open road again? Like it felt so natural? So natural. And I missed it so much. And it gave me such life and purpose, you know, that I, that I hadn't had in a really long time. So. I mean, I know in the back of your brain, you think if, if everything goes horribly wrong, I'll always be a school teacher in Milwaukee, but I feel like it's not going to go that way. And I feel like you're never going to leave again. I think you're here to stay. I'll never leave again because I will never abandon myself again, because it's not that I walked away from the industry. I walked away from myself. Mm. And that's something that I'm not going to ever do again. So. Yeah. And, and the nice thing about this new persona, the musical persona, is that someone can't look at you and think you should play this part. Now they have to listen to you. And the response is going to be so organic that you literally can't be typecast. You can't be placed in a box. Exactly. How cool is that? It's very cool. It's very cool. And thank you for even helping me on this call and this talk, just, you know, uh, really embodying, you know, Kelly Monroe and like everything that she is. Cause you know, it's, it's very exciting. Yeah. It is. And, I, and I'm so happy for you. I want you to get a dog. Can you get a dog? Can you... I got a dog. Okay, good. <laughs> I've got a dog. He's the right. best. 
got him. Uh, I got him ten months ago. He's the best. I got him a golden doodle. His name is Cash after Johnny Cash. So, yeah, I got the dog part. You know, we're good. She got a dog. There's a happy ending there, right? If you get a dog, all is well. Kelly Monroe, great conversation. Uh, follow her on Instagram, Kelly Monroe, M-O-N-R-O-W, Dowdle, D-O-W-D-L-E. And uh, all the links that you need to find Kelly's music are there. Her Pronoia EP is out now, and there will be more to follow. AlexGreenOnline.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with me. BombshellRadio.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with our radio station. You can follow me on Twitter at Ember's Editor. You can follow me on Instagram at Ember's Podcast or just email me, editor, at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you use, subscribe, tell a friend, rate and review. You know how this stuff works. Spread the word. We would appreciate it. Let's close the show with a longer listen to Wide Open by Kelly Monroe. Thank you as always for listening week in and week out to Stereo Embers, the podcast only right here on Bombshell Radio. You've been perfect while I'm learning to trust again. You let the cracks in my heart slowly break You never tried to change the memories You never once ran from my pain Hello.